Welcome to the Utah Women in Leadership Podcast. The core mission of the Utah Women in Leadership Project is to strengthen the impact of Utah girls and women, and this podcast helps us do that. I'm Dr. Susan Madsen, Karen Haid Huntsman Endowed Professor of Leadership in the John M. Huntsman School of Business at Utah State University, and I'm also the founding director of the Utah Women in Leadership Project. Recently, UWLP and the Governor's Office of Economic Opportunity have worked together on an inspiring initiative to identify and highlight 100 Utah companies that do a great job of championing women. Earlier this year, I interviewed leaders of eight companies on their policies, programs, and initiatives that support families and advance women, and we're now continuing this series as we dig deeper into how companies, or organizations, I should say, exemplify this. And today we are spotlighting Clearfield City as one of our 100 Utah companies. Clearfield City is located 20 minutes north of Salt Lake City. With a population of over 32,000 people, the city office employs about 350 people. And today, I welcome Summer Palmer, who is the city manager, and Ricky Miller, who is the human resource manager. Thank you to both of you for being here today. Hi, Susan. Thanks for letting us join you. Hi, Susan. Thank you. We're excited to be here. Well, thanks. Good to have you. So first, Summer, I'll start with you. Please take a few minutes and introduce your city. And and I usually say company or organization, (laughs) but you are a workplace. And that's what we're really interested in is highlighting that. So tell me about Clearfield City as a workplace more than anything. Well, we are nestled right between the Freeport Center and Hill Air Force Base. And so Our organization is really here to serve the residents that are part of this community uh, that that is Clearfield City. It's a working class area. A lot of families here are dual income. It's a fairly diverse resident population here. And it's got a lot of transplants from out of state that come here because of the Air Force Base. We have recently taken on quite a a resurgence, we call it internally, kind of a a rebuild of Clearfield City, whose heyday was really probably more in the 60s and 70s, and then has seen some decline. And that decline was was mostly in the the build-out, but the organization was also going through some transitions at that point. And uh, I joined the organization in 2010 as the human resource manager. Actually, I was in Ricky's seat there. Um, and, uh, and it was kind of in, at this point where they were looking forward to some um, and doing some visioning for the city and also what that meant for the organization as a whole and how positions were going to have to change internally to be able to take us to the next level as as a city and so it's been a great ride here at Clearfield City obviously I've moved from the HR uh, world to the city manager world I'm actually the assistant city manager and so I work really closely with the city manager as a department head and um, it's it's just a fascinating group of people it's very eclectic we have we have everything from police officers to public works to our cute little lifeguards <laughs> out there. Um, 
at the at the pool it's it's just a great group of people and i that's can, great i can i can say that it's the one of the best places i've i've ever worked the best place i've ever worked <laughs> thank you and ricky i was going to ask you and summer started this but i was going to ask you like some people don't think about working for a uh, a municipality, an organization, a city, but you have departments just like a company do, right? You have yes. obviously HR, you have, um, you know, very, tell us quickly some of the departments you have. And, and so people that major in business or different areas could think about your type of organization to work for. Yeah, Susan, it's interesting because when I got here, I was participating in job fairs and that was the common thing I kept being told was, why are you here? And I'm like, we have jobs. So it's excellent to finally get out and participate in a lot of those and explain, you know, we have police officers, we have, you know, our, our public works, as, as Summer mentioned, we have an arts program that, that we need individuals, both full-time and part-time. We have a parks program where, you know, they... Yes, they maintain our parks and and um, our trees and our grasses and, and things like that. But there's more to that. They help participate in different events that we have going on. You know, and I'm sure you have like an IT group, too. Yes, yes, we absolutely do. You know, we have all these different areas. And, and yes, with degrees wise, we've got IT. Uh, as we were kind of talking a little bit earlier, we've got a communications department. There's so many positions within the city that... I kind of feel like if, if you're interested in it, we, we got it. That's great. And Ricky, I'm going to stay with you and, and ask you, so when you as a city, and I'm assuming maybe it was Ricky or someone that worked for you, with you, um, submitted your application to be considered as one of the 100 companies championing women in the state of Utah, you mentioned some of the family-friendly policies or practices that you have implemented there at uh, Clearfield City. So share a few of the more established ones and discuss why you offer them. Yeah, you know, we, when I submitted that application, one of our employees actually asked me to submit it because she was so grateful for these, these policies that we have that I didn't create, but I think are amazing for us to have. And one of those is the flexibility. She's been with us for a little while and, and we have the flexibility for when she started having kiddos, she felt comfortable and was able to go out and you know, have her FMLA leave, but also still have some monies coming in, whether it was short-term disability or um, we have a sick leave donation bank. And so we have some of those that are available and then also flexible hours, you know, for, I think many women, uh, especially those with, with young families, it's sometimes it's overwhelming to be able to have a full-time full-time position, and then also be mom full-time. And being able to have some of these flexible schedules that we offer here is amazing and allows her to, to have the, the kiddos and the time with the kiddos. And one of the main things for her and myself included is here at the city, that flexibility also allows us to participate in our kids, you know, extracurricular activities. We, we get discounts if we participate in the city's recreation program. So our oh. tiny tots, <laughs> yeah, so our tiny tots, it's amazing. We we get to have our kiddos participate. And as a parent uh, working for the city, we get to go and we, we're we encouraged by our administration to go and participate in that. It, we uh, we're never it. felt like we can't part, go to a game um, or go to an arts, you know, um, 
uh, pre performance. So those are just a couple of them. And Summer, why don't you, a couple that you noted as well were efforts around pay equity and also some women-specific professional development offerings. So any comments, Summer, about, about those two? Yeah, one of the things that we did just last year was we did a full compensation study. And so we looked at every position in the organization. We looked at their job descriptions. Uh, we looked at the people in those positions. We built new ranges. We built new grades. And as a compensation committee, we looked at specifically how equitable we were between the men in certain roles and the women in certain roles. We were very uh, conscious about making sure that we were equitable for similar types of work and um, similar types of experience so that we were being fair across the board in all of our different positions, all of our different departments uh, when it came to pay for, for women. One of the other things that I'm really proud of is that we have a council who is really supportive of our employees. In fact, one of their main policy priorities is to maintain a highly motivated and well-trained workforce. So we never have to fight for training dollars in this organization. That's good. That's great. Yeah. So our council is very careful about making sure we get the training that we need, but that also includes giving our employees opportunity to serve on different boards outside of the city. So like, for example, I serve on the AWWA, which is the American Waterworks Association's oh. leadership board. <laughs> so I get to go out and be on that board. I get to help uh, develop leaders for our public works departments. I get to be on the UCMA board. Ricky has opportunities to go serve with the SHRM groups uh, locally. And that happens across the organization. And that time is paid time so that nobody has to trade you know, their time at work for those board opportunities that give them the professional development they need to either be successful here or somewhere else if that takes them. Uh, But (laughs) yeah, that is so true. Those professional organizations within your area, like SHRM, Ricky, for Mm -hmm. what you do, and, and I'm sure, you know, I don't know all of those have have that professional development and sometimes leadership development, right, Mm -hmm. built in. And so, Ricky, talk a little bit about the women's specific professional development offerings, uh, because the companies or the organizations we're really highlighting in these 100 companies that champion women are ones that that generally are pretty good for all employees, but have some real strategies and and some different things for women to advance as well. So tell me more about that women-specific one. Yeah, so I I was thinking specifically kind of what Summer had already mentioned is the ability to participate in those and that that development that we get from those. I We do have a, a new situation we've been doing with our uh, leadership academy that we're implementing, but uh, Summer would probably be better to talk about that because I think that's that's probably a, a real direct link to your question. Summer, would you mind taking that for me? Yeah, so we just started a new leadership academy in hopes to grow new leaders in the organization. Sadly, we only had one female apply for uh. the leadership academy. And so as a a group of department heads and the city manager, we said, you know, just doesn't make sense. We have 
we have women in this organization who are more than qualified to uh, be part of this academy, why haven't they applied? And so we reached out to probably eight different women in the organization and said, we need you to be a part of this group. And, you know, all of them said, I'm just so busy. I have so much going on. I have so much to do. And it took us doing a little bit additional reassuring in the, you know, one-on-one to help them understand that this was something that they were capable of doing. We, we promised it wouldn't take more than they um, could dedicate and that we could uh, offer some additional time if they needed to, but that we wanted them to be part of the group. And we ended up with a split half and half uh, oh, group awesome. of, of males and females. But, but had it not been for our city manager and, and department heads, the rest of the department heads saying, we need women in this group, we would have ended up with a, a, a group of men in this leadership uh, development group instead of a good group of very qualified women uh, being part of this group. So it's That's efforts great. like that from our yeah. leaders here to make sure that we're including women in all of all of the different uh, discussions that we have as an organization. And to me, Summer, you make some great points there. To me, what that tells an organization is that maybe even think about shifting from self-nomination, people could still do that, to nominations from those department heads for any, yeah. for men and women. And, and so the research does tell us that more men will put their names forward than women, mm-hmm. right, generally speaking. And so even shifting and women res- often respond because we're as w- women socialized not to see ourselves as leaders like boys and men are. So we Mm -hmm. have to do sometimes a little more work. But when like department heads then nominate, it feels like a recognition. It feels like somebody believes in me. So I love how you wrestled through how to, how to, because people, a lot of companies or whatever would just say, oh, well, that's the way it is. It's unfortunate, but let's not... And, and with hiring too, right? Oh, we yep. didn't get any women, so let's move forward. Ricky, you're nodding here. I can see you. <laughs> that, that, that's not the end of the story. You don't have to go with the pool that you have. Ricky, any, any thoughts on that uh, topic? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we here at the C, we do so much recruiting, and we have found that we'll recruit and we'll get applicants, and sometimes we don't have have that female representation. In fact, um, our IT is actually a really good one to point out because usually in the IT world, you don't have a ton of females that apply for these positions. And we put it out. Especially in Utah. Especially in Utah. In Utah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so we put it out and then we we put it out again and we did get a female we're really excited about with some great experience great personality. And, and we are just so excited that uh, she's accepted the position and we oh, are nice. bring her on. So yeah, we, we definitely recognize that. And my team and I here in HR, we try as many different ways as we can to get our jobs out there to ensure that we're getting uh, as many people as we can in, in that qualified position, whether male, female, you know, just to help with, with all of those factors. So, but we are yeah. we're really excited to see that increase. 
And I, and I love that you said, and sometimes people take offense at this, but I don't, uh, said we have a very qualified female. And it's like some people still to this day say, you know, if we try to get a female, she's probably not going to be qualified. But if you do really great recruiting in the right spots, you have the, the best qualified person is most, you know, often, not most often, but often a woman, right? Yeah. Uh, you just have to put some extra work in there. Well, and I would say that even in our police department, we've had to take a little bit different role, yeah. a, a little bit different look at what makes a qualified police officer. Be, and we've had this conversation with our police leadership over the last few years. Uh, 20 years ago, when you were hiring a police officer, you were looking for different characteristics. And we all know what you, you can go back and you can think of what a police officer was 20 years ago. And that role has changed. And what we need now in a lot of our communities are relationship builders with it, as police officers. We need people who are, are not combative. We need people who are, uh, can de-escalate situations. We have amazing female police officers who have got those roles dialed in in this community. And I look at those officers when we're at community events and uh, our female police officers are there representing our police department. Guess who is running up and talking to those <laughs> police officers? It, they're, they're running up to the women who are in their schools, the women officers who are acting as uh, community resource officers. They're the ones that are their SROs. They're the ones that are dedicated to domestic violence in our, yeah. in our city. And they have all taken those roles and just run with it. And they're better at them, frankly, than some of some of the men in the same positions. They just, they just have what men, it takes. And, and men and women can work together on that. And as you well know, both of you, what we know about domestic violence and sexual assault and some of those things that um, especially, you know, most often those crimes are committed against women. And then you have a tall, strong man come in and try, right. try to talk. And it's more intimidating, especially if you've gone through right. years of that. So having yep. sometimes just a female come in and with a different style can help. I know men, I have to say, that are, really have that warm personality too. I think men and women, can we can all teach each other and and help each they've, other get better, right? They've Absolutely. got it. They've got that partnership really dialed in. And especially oh, because they also have to interact with our legal department. And so we have a prosecutor, a male prosecutor, but we have a, a woman in that same department who acts as a victim's liaison. Oh. And so the, the partnerships between men and women and the partnerships between those two departments really shine in the efforts that we um, can then use here in our in our city to help our residents. That's that's awesome. So we're our time is coming to an end, but I want to ask each of you, uh, what advice would you give? And and typically when I'm interviewing a business, I say to other business owners and leaders, but since Clearfield City is our first municipality <laughs> who's been submitted, I would say, what final advice do you give to other 
municipalities, other cities or counties, based on your experience with these offerings, specifically around those family-friendly offerings and um, efforts to really engage and advance women in different ways. Ricky, would you like to start? Yeah, sure. I think one of the big things I would probably recommend is get past the way things have always been done. I mean, that's something that's a, a, a big thing for us here. And and I think by getting past some of those, you open the doors for these opportunities to really shine and to present things to the women of the workforce on how being a part of a municipality in your work can benefit you and your family and the employer as well. So I think that would probably be my biggest thing is, you know, get past how it's always been and and open those doors. Yeah, absolutely. And I know in terms of flexible location, flexible hours, before the pandemic, that wasn't a, as big of a thing. And now we learned how to do work otherwise. And so people more expect, expect some of those things. I love your advice, Ricky. Thank you. Summer. Thank you. When I started here 10 years ago, I had, um, I had a five-year-old and I was trying to balance my own work schedule, my husband's work schedule, and my my daycare provider, uh, she was going to college at the same time. And so we had one hour a week that I needed. We had crossover issues. And so she was bringing um, my little guy into work here for one hour once a week. And um, it was working fine. He was he was cute and, and he was well behaved and there was no problem. My boss did not like that. Uh, and he asked me to stop, uh, find another solution. And at that point, I was like, of course, you know, we found another solution. It was painful, but we found another solution. And my husband ended up having to come cover that hour. I wanted to make sure that that never happened again in this organization. And so we actually, I guess, encourage people to have a family and bring them here and let us get to know them. It's a uh, lot easier for us to know who they are and what their needs are when we, when we see them and get to interact with them. I keep toys in my desk drawer, just in case we have a little kid that comes in. Now we have candy closets just in case we need an extra little bit of sugar. But one of my male counterparts brought his daughter in and, and was doing the same thing just a year ago. And he said, I know I shouldn't have her here. And I said, no, you should have her here. And he's like, I said, I've done it the, the same thing. He says, yeah, but you're the, you're the mom. And I said, why do you have her here? And he said, because my wife is working. And I said, then we're supporting women in the workplace. If we're supporting you in your role as a dad, we're supporting your wife in a workplace somewhere else. And that's just as important to us. So when we support women in the workplace and men in the workplace in all of their roles as parents, as spouses, as sons and daughters, <laughs> then we're supporting women, uh, whether it's in our workplace or for another workplace. So don't, don't just think of these things as women-friendly policies. Think of them as, you know, yeah. family friendly relationship building um, policies and and take a careful look at how those should be implemented to um, be able to retain women here and make women's lives easier in other organizations as well. Awesome. 
thanks to our guests, Summer Palmer and Ricky Miller from Clearfield City. And thank you as listeners for taking the time to join us today on this podcast episode hosted by the Utah Women and Leadership Project at Utah State University in partnership with Utah Public Radio, USU Extension, and the John M. Huntsman School of Business. And a special thanks to Denise Call, our producer. To learn more about our research, resources, and events, please visit us at utwomen.org and visit inutah.org to learn more about other companies that champion women and also the Inspire Utah campaign more broadly. Thank you.